Oh, hi. Hi. You. Okay. You are <laughs> listening to Booze, Bullshit, and True Crime. I'm, I'm Wade. Uh, I'm Bree. And this is our gnarly ass podcast about murder. And that was Meraki that you just heard. We're going to talk about some gnarly shit. Huh, Meraki? Can you sing? <gasps> Can you sing? Oh, well. Nope, she's just she going to lick you to me. death. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that was tried. right in the mouth, too. I saw it. Right in the kisser. Pow! Pow right, right in the, the kisser. kisser. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's still all up on me. So, we have a delightful episode planned for you today that's not depressing at all in the slightest. It's not? No, it's really fucking sad. There's nothing funny about it. So... Yeah, okay. You do your thing right now. Sorry, my computer is talking to me. Do my thing? Well, our episode this week is on mercy killings. But also, what is mercy killings? I'll talk about that in a second, but I want to talk about our week first. Uh, And all this is like fresh in my mind. I know. We're going to talk about it. Trust me. But I'm going to lose all the freshness. So the first thing is White Claw's okay. White Claw's are okay. I... For sure, I'm okay with White Claws. I had a staunch, um, what's the word, disapproval for them, and then one of the guys that we used to work with drank them and left one in our fridge, so it was there, and I drank it, and you know what? It's not too bad. Thanks, Ben. You were right. He was definitely right. And you lose weight if you you drink those and not beer. (laughs) This motherfucker walks into our house and goes, I'm the DD. I'm drinking White Claw tonight. think he left more fucked up than anybody else that was there. No, he didn't. I know, I'm kidding. He totally didn't. He had his shit on lock. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if anybody knows how to audit and edit audio. How uh, to audit audio? There's different things you could do because I can tell you right now that our voice goes up and down, up and down. Because we're leaning in and out of the mic. We don't know how to do this stuff. Uh-uh. Help us. Help us. Be super fans. Please. We'll give you a gold star. We will. Multiple, if you do multiple tasks. What do we do this week? We worked. We worked, and then Saturday... We had a barbecue. We had a barbecue, which was fun. Mm. Sunday, we didn't watch the football game, but we also took Grandma to lunch. That's why it wasn't busy. Duh. I totally forgot the Super Bowl was even happening yesterday, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. So, go team, I guess. Kansas City, KC. Okay. They won. I think. Good for them. They get paid way too much. They do. (laughs) Um, $2.4 million to throw around a football for some. This is a a little personal, but I just had to bring it up. I'm finally going to something called a pain management specialist in the coming weeks because I have fibromyalgia and basically my physician just like doesn't know what to do with me anymore. Um, And they said they were going to send me a patient packet that I had to have filled out when I arrived for my appointment. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Get the packet. It's like 75 pages long. I felt like I was doing homework. It also had so many scary clauses in it. I had to sign like a full contract. This stuff is intense, man. 
I get that things are out of control with the opioid epidemic, but it really sucks when you take your medication as you're instructed to and you're in a lot of pain and people make you feel crazy and like you're a drug addict. Yes. It's not fun. I um, couldn't imagine. Also, before we get started, I wanted to tell a story that my coworker told me the other day. We don't have enough stories for a listener's tale episode unless you guys send us shit, so I'm just going to have to say it on air. Um, he's working with a different company, but we're like working together. Essentially, he's my field partner. And I was telling him how I love to explore in abandoned buildings. And he was like, oh, because he's from Louisiana. He said that in his city, there was an abandoned building that like everybody knew about. So they, him and his friends went to check it out and go explore. And he was walking up to the entrance of the building and he sees like a badly decomposed body, like excessively decomposed and he said it looked like the guy jumped off one of the higher stories off onto the ground because his head was like all smashed open and shit called the cops they came made it a crime scene all that jazz i thought that was crazy that's nuts he just like randomly told me that as we're out there working and i was like holy shit dude that is a story not really random you're talking about abandoned buildings and that's an abandoned building story but we hike around in the woods for a living so you'd think he'd find it doing that and not just looking in an abandoned building in a populated city true yeah anyways that's that so you want me to go first (laughs) uh Well, I want you to explain mercy killings and what mercy killing really is. The definition of mercy killings is the killing of a person who is suffering from a painful and or incurable disease out of mercy or empathy for the individual. This is typically done by administering a large dose of narcotic drugs. Okay, so when I was searching mercy killings, they go side and side with euthanasia and like... uh, like assisted suicides? Yeah, exactly. They can kind this of merge more, into each other. M- yeah, mercy, though, is more or less like patient. So you're talking like hospital or administrations of some sort doing it. Not necessarily. Yes, because euthanasia... It, that's Euthanasia? We're talking about mercy killings. A family member or a friend can commit a mercy killing. It's just about having mercy for the patient and killing okay. them out of mercy. See, and that's where I was... Like having a hard time, not necessarily defining. Did you but misunderstand the assignment no, again? No, 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 no. <laughs> I did, but I, I'm labeling it as euthanasia, as well as assisted suicide instead of like mercy killing, because to me, what I was reading, it felt like mercy killing was like, you felt mercy, like as an a, a doctor or like a nurse or something, you felt mercy for this individual, so you aided them in, you know relieving their suffering and pain but that can be done by somebody who's not a physician or a nurse okay but see that's what what i'm talking about is that's where my confusion was yeah was because i was leaning like mercy was like hospital shit and then euthanasia and assisted suicide was more or less like family members well no it can all be both because an assisted suicide doesn't have to be in a hospital setting either you can assist someone in their suicide within your home so it's not like a defined thing one or the other in my opinion from what i've read well, what did, then what do you think about, like, honor killing? Is Oh, that's where, like, you... Oh, okay. Like, the Japanese did where they would stab themselves in the stomach and shit the same race. Yeah, I'm pretty... I feel like it's fucking stupid. Sorry if that's offensive. Oh, my God. Who is up in my phone texting me? Sorry, guys. Let me put it on Do Not Disturb. What do you think about it? Oh, God. I'm not going to answer after your statement. Why? Because, evidently, I'm stupid. No, say your statement. 
In some cases, it is honorable, but in other cases, it's not. Well, give me an example of when it's honorable. Mm. Like, you, okay, so honorable, like, you're going to take your own life instead of giving your life to the enemy. Okay, that's a little bit different. Yeah. If you're already captured and you're waiting to die by them, then killing yourself, I don't think that that's Mm -hmm. fucking stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where it came from, from samurais and stuff like that. Okay. They'd rather take their own lives. But as well as with that, there is a lot of other things that I honestly can't even remember that goes into that. Because it's like if you lose a battle, like that's what I was stuff, thinking. There, there's, a, I think there's a bunch of, di- there's a bunch of different things. I, I think don't just know because anything. you lost a battle, you shouldn't just kill yourself out of fucking. I honestly, the only thing that I know is Keanu Reeves taught me in Seventy Seven Rowans. So, and that's not even like. That's a fucking movie. Exactly. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good research. Yep. Nicely. Well, done. I'm just okay <laughs> on honor killings. I did my research on mercy, euthanasia, assisted suicide. Okay. <laughs> I did mine on just mercy killings because that was okay. the topic. And I had. But that. I'm glad you broadened it. And I have four different cases. Oh, okay. And it's not really like they're all short little dives, but uh, yeah, I'll, we'll get into it. All of this shit is so depressing. I'm going to try my absolute best to add some levity to it, but, like, there's not really any levity to be had. Just all of it's very sad. Um, I'll go over my background, though. A lot of research that I had sifted through online was showing a very, very large percentage of mercy-killing cases um, to involve elderly individuals. Mm -hmm. Like, most of them are older people. And there could be a few reasons for this. The elderly overall, because of their age, tend to deal with more medical issues than the rest of us. Elderly people also have lived more life, so it may be easier to throw in the towel after they've lived, you know, quite a bit of their life if they just don't want to do it anymore, if they're going through something really painful or if they can't, you know, function the way that they did. Yeah. A lot of the articles and research that I was reading, there's a lot of stats that, like, in the coming years with the baby boomer generation aging mm-hmm. that we're going to be seeing a lot more mercy killings because you know they made packs and stuff like that they're not going to be bedridden and i feel that way my dad's yeah. that way that's is he a boomer what, what year's boomer oh i don't remember oh god we look so dumb what uh-huh. year is that baby boomer write us facebook us no we can google it we're just too <laughs> fucking lazy well we have a computer sitting right in front of us too, or we can so. ask my dad wait pause it no just go <laughs> ask your dad real time we're asking the audience a question right now. Uh, no, he's Googling it. Doug! Doug! I mean, most of you that are listening to a fucking podcast right now aren't a boomer, so I'd be very surprised if... I'd be... I, wouldn't... I mean, that's Google. You don't have to search Google again. So, boomers... Age group. Age range. There you go. Okay. No, you're supposed to do baby, baby boomers were born between 1944 and 1964. My dad was born in 1962, I believe, so he is a boomer. Yeah, my dad is too. And he has that belief. He's like, I don't want to be bedridden. I don't want, and I feel the same way. I would, I'll get into it, but I cannot die like that. If there's any way, I will not allow that to happen. But really think about it for a second. Like, you're suffering from a disease or a disorder which either incapacitates you completely from pain or makes you unable to live your life and function correctly. There's no cure and there's no getting better. I can absolutely relate to this. I understand completely. And I think if I was suffering in this way, 
and I couldn't commit the act myself, I would hope you would help me with that. Because I would not want to suffer in that way. I mean, I wouldn't want you to go to prison or jail or anything, but, like, if I couldn't do it... You just have to write a statement, and you just have to get it notarized. <laughs> she wants a fucking 38 slug to the head. I want to fucking die. Yeah, she I'm wants, done. That's yeah. about it. Because, literally, there's not really any laws that are addressing mercy murders. Or mercy killing. Murder, but not mercy killing specifically. And yeah. most people get off. Most people if do. If it's proven mm-hmm. that it really wasn't, or there was no a, other motive. they get a plea deal and they only do a couple years. Right, or, or they get probation mm-hmm. or whatever. And there I, is one big case that I will talk about that happened in the 80s that was like the, kind of pretty much the start of it. Like anybody that pretty much claims mercy killings and anybody that is first year law student learns about this case. Hi, Uncle Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my uncle just won a case with Walmart, so that's pretty crazy. Good job, Uncle Dan. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it is kind of fitting that I brought up, brought up my pain management stuff today because I'm not I'm not saying fibromyalgia is anywhere close to like rheumatoid arthritis or cancer or anything like that, but I am in a constant level of pain, and I've thought about this for a long time. I'm 25. If it intensifies, which generally it does with age... I am afraid of what my quality of life will be. Yeah. I can totally understand it. Anyways, I digress. Mercy killings don't just affect the elderly, though. It happens to young people as well. One quick example that I absolutely positively could not do my full case on because I am not kidding. I read this article on theguardian.com is where it came from, and I sobbed through it. Like, I was looking for cases that I wanted to do on my own sitting on the couch, and I just cried. I think I know what you're talking about. It's, it's all just, let me tell you. So, Kay Gilderdale is the mother of Lynn Gilderdale. At age 14, Lynn was struck with a severe case of MS, muscular dystrophy. Or no, what is it? Multiple, multiple, how do you say that word? Uh, Sclerosis. Okay. For 17 years, Kay looked after her daughter 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So the mom just devoted her life to caring for her daughter. Um, Because this is a degenerative disease, and slowly over time it overtakes the body. Her life, like I said, was devoted to it. The mom's was. Lynn's life was miserable. Um, She was sane of mind, but not able-bodied. So the girl that had MS, she was completely there mentally, but like her body just wouldn't respond yeah so her mind was there wanting to have a normal life and her body just wasn't cooperating and this happened at 14 so she she had no life essentially she basically wasted away and she watched her life pass her by one day lynn decided that she had had enough she was able to administer what she thought was a lethal dose of her own medication to herself um i believe in a syringe Kay, the mother returned to her room a while later to check on her Lynn had not passed away and communicated to her mother the current situation, that she had tried to commit suicide, she had not succeeded, and she needed help. Lynn asked for her mother's assistance. She wanted to go home. She wanted to... Yeah. She she was tired. She was done. She was tired. Kay obliged and assisted her daughter's suicide by giving her another lethal dose of medication. Lynn peacefully passed away that same day. Kay was handed 12 months of probation and no jail time. So, I have no children, but I can't imagine my daughter being in that much pain. And I would absolutely do that. 
if I was able, like if I could get over the fact of what I was actually, I would want, I would want to help at the very least like that just, and like reading quotes from them and all that, I was just sobbing and everybody was talking about how devoted the mother was and how. 17 years, it's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just an example. Like, actually I was talking to my coworker today. I told him what the theme of the episode was and he was like, oh, I do not agree with that. I was like, okay, why don't you agree with it? And he goes, well, my grandfather went into hospice. He was there five days. He got him off, you know, his oxygen. He passed away peacefully. They have him on morphine, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, like, that's what he wanted. He consented into that, and he died peacefully, and it was quick. Like, that's great. But that's, that's not how it always happens. Like, for her daughter, there was no hospice. She had MS. She was just going to get to the point where she was a vegetable until she died. Yeah. And she knew that. Yeah, until her muscles stopped working, she couldn't even breathe Yeah, because she was saying, if I, she knew that. She, she knew, kn- yeah. Yeah. And I at think that age, she was already, what, 30? 31. 31, yeah. 14 to 31. So just when she, like, oh, I was going to say, I pretty much was through puberty at 14, getting through puberty. Like, just right when her life really started that's when i started dating that's when i was getting into high school that's when i was you know getting prepared to start driving and that's when your life really starts hard yeah very difficult can i talk about my case first yeah okay so my case today is the tragic murder of courtney liltz um totally not what i thought you were gonna do yeah i told you the wrong name Mm-hmm. You didn't okay. do my case, right? Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> I told him the name of my, like, perpetrator, the murderer, and it was another case that I had halfway researched but then ended up not doing, and I got the names mixed up. So thank God we don't have the same case. Mm-hmm. And I will say, before I start, I don't have, like, a complete opinion about it. I don't know how I feel about this case, so I want us to talk about it at the end and see how you feel. We'll hurry up and get through it. Okay. So this case takes place in Illinois. Bonnie Liltz is 19 years old. She was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. She battled it successfully, and she came through, and she lived. Um, Radiation treatment and things of that nature, though, I did read, kept her, like, below 100 pounds. She did look very ill, even though she... Yeah, she went through a lot of radiation. She was really young. It stunted what growth she had left, all that stuff. But she did live and, you know, lived a normal life. As she became a woman and found herself unable to conceive due to that radiation treatment she received for her cancer, she decided to adopt. She adopted a daughter with cerebral palsy and was dedicated to caring for her. The daughter's name was Courtney Liltz. Now it's 2012. And unfortunately, Bonnie had her ovarian cancer come back. During this time, Bonnie had to place Courtney in an assisted living facility. Gotcha. That would be really hard. Yeah. She's a single woman. She adopted this daughter that she loves and cares for 24-7. She gets ill herself. She has no one. And her daughter just has to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I can see why that would be difficult. Yeah. Bonnie. Bonnie was obviously fighting for her life. um, And Courtney needed around-the-clock care. So that was, you know, that was the only thing she could do. She had the mental competency of a toddler, Courtney did, the daughter, and they were each other's entire world, her and Bonnie, that was it. They were around each other day in, day out, 
they loved each other. That was, you know, mother-daughter relationship. That's all they really had. And it killed Bonnie to put her daughter in a facility while she was sick. It really upset her. Yeah. On top of feeling guilty, she also believed after the fact that her daughter did not receive adequate care and that Courtney was uh, very upset over the entire ordeal. So I guess there are reports when she finally came to pick her up that Courtney was sitting like in a soiled diaper and wasn't taken care of. Um, I think Courtney might have had some slight behavioral issues after the fact because she had anxiety and yeah, separation and yeah. It was just a really hard time for both of them. Even after getting out of the hospital and retrieving Courtney, Bonnie's health problems were not decreasing, and caring for her daughter required a lot of energy which was obviously in short supply for Bonnie because she had fucking ovarian cancer. Yeah. On a day before the murder, Bonnie awoke having severe abdominal pain. She stated she actually had defecated herself in her bed and was having tons of pain to the point where she was like, something is wrong. She shortly after received a prognosis from a specialist who said her intestines may be in the process of failing. Oh, no. Not good. She watched the structure of her stomach change. She said it, like, indented. It, like, sucked in and thought that was exactly what the doctor had predicted, that her intestines were just fucking, like... Falling up. Yep. Pretty much. Bonnie did believe this was the end for her, and she was dying. She was worried about the care her daughter would receive after she was gone. A quote she later spoke to a judge read, I felt the only place I knew she would be safe and happy would be in heaven with me. I still don't know how to spell heaven, by the way. That's not how you spell it. No. How do you spell it? Actually, yeah, no, it's E-N. H-E-A-V-E-N? Pretty sure. I'm such a heathen, I can't even spell the word heaven. Oh, man. Anyways, I'll continue. (laughs) Bonnie decided the only way out was a mercy killing slash suicide. Oh, man. Yeah. She approached the bedside of Courtney, which was literally right next to her own bed, and they had shared a room for the 23 years that she had had cancer. Are you really still looking up how to spell heaven? Yep, (laughs) E-N. Neither of us know how to spell heaven. I don't know how to spell heaven. I don't either. Um, So, this entire time, they had like, I think I read a 1,200 square foot house, which is about what our house is. So, a good size house. We have three bedrooms. It's it's not super big, but like, it's a house. Enough for everybody to have their bedroom. And since her, since Courtney's prognosis, her bed was right next to her mom's bed. Bonnie funneled crushed medication and fed it through Courtney's feeding tube. She took an overdose of pills herself as well and washed it down with a glass of wine. Both mother and daughter were found by a family friend, and both of them were unconscious. The same day, May 27, 2015, they were both rushed to the hospital. Courtney never regained consciousness, and she passed away a week later, so she was in intensive care for a week, and then she did eventually pass away. Bonnie, however, did pull through. During the court hearing, Courtney's family and friends praised her for her devotion to Courtney. Uh, Quote, everybody should be so fortunate to have someone that cares so much. That was a friend of Bonnie's. 
Bonnie pled guilty to a charge of involuntary manslaughter and, hand, and was handed down a sentence of four years in prison. Seventy days into Bonnie's sentence, she was released when her lawyer stated that her medical needs were not being met in the facility and that she would die in prison if she stayed there because of her cancer. Bonnie's appeal was ultimately denied by the courts and she was ordered to return to prison after she was released. And this is just like the sad little cherry on top of this entire story. She killed herself in her apartment, this time successfully, two days before she was due to return back to prison. Poor thing. Do you think any of her intention was selfish? Because I'm like on the fence about it. I don't think someone obviously who devoted her entire life to her daughter would just kill her out of spite. That's not what I think. But I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I see where she's coming from. That's all I really got. I do too. I can't say I wouldn't do it. I can't say I would. You can't say you wouldn't kill your child if you had a terminal illness and they had MS. You can't say that for sure. I'm not, no, I'm not in that situation. She didn't ask to die. At no point did the daughter say, like, yeah, I want you to kill I me. No, I get it. I so, like, with that. the other story that I told in my background, that's a little bit different. Because the daughter was literally like, yo, I need help. Yeah. I'm done. That's not what happened in this situation. Yeah. yeah. See, and that's where I'm, like, conflicted. I don't know. I don't think I'd be able to. And I did see in a few sources that it said, like... Like, I, I didn't hear about any communication. Like, at no point did I hear that Courtney was down for this. Maybe there was something that I didn't read, but I went through a lot of articles that were detailing this case, and there's not, it's not a super famous case, so they don't have, like, a Murderpedia or a Wikipedia about it or anything like that. It was all just news articles. Mm-hmm. And in the big article I found, it didn't even say she committed suicide. I just came across that article randomly that came up, so I wouldn't have even known that she killed herself before, and go, before going back to prison. Um I don't know. It's all sad. Like, I don't fucking know. that It's just all yeah, sad. Yeah, every corner, every twist to that was sad. All of it. Courtney, R.I.P., <sighs> Bonnie, R.I.P. I, but consent is key. That's all I will say. It's nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> all right, say some shit. What do you got? Shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Little Sally Walker sitting on a salsa. Oh, how I tossed that ass up. Very nicely done. Anyways, <laughs> so from a lot of, like, the statistics and, like, I guess just articles that I was reading, they kind of did go hand in hand. They said that a uh, husband normally is the one that kills the wife. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. And especially in, like, mercy killings. Mm-hmm. But, like we were saying earlier, most of them actually, like, never go to trial. And they either land a plea deal with a sentence that carries, like, no more than a few years in prison. And in some instances, there's, like, no charges at all. I think because it's such a gray area. Everybody's like, ah! There's not really a lot that addresses it. A murder charge? Because technically yeah. they did yeah. kill somebody. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And they're, like I was saying, that the one big case that I was talking about was Gilbert versus State. So it is a criminal case, and it was Florida District Court of Appeals, and they decided in 1986. 
So uh, Roswell Gilbert, he was 75 at the time, was found guilty of first degree or premeditated murder of his wife, Emily. The district court affirmed his conviction, holding that like mercy killing uh, euthanasia. Wait, I know you did a short dive, but 75 years old, do you know how he killed her? No. He shot her, I think. That's an old dude. Okay. Yeah, uh, was not a defense for premeditated murder. I mean, was she sick? <coughs> yes. Okay. So Gilbert got a sentence of life under the federal statute, and uh, he actually received during sentencing a mandatory minimum sentence of twenty-five to life, which is still life in prison. So were there other details that just made it? It was pretty much the first one. Oh, so he got the book. Mm-hmm. And that this case is really taught to a lot of first-year lost or every first-year law student, as well as a lot of cases present this as you know, don't a make a mistake. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. So, I really want to know what everybody like thinks an appropriate punishment to like you know killing your relative or a loved one. As long one as consent is there. Mm-hmm probation yeah so in the united states while active euthanasia is illegal assisted suicide in the united states is legal that is so not very different (laughs) yeah assisted suicide is legal in oregon washington vermont california that was effective in 2016 and And in the the uk the euthanasia and assisted suicide both are illegal. So the real difference between euthanasia and assisted suicide is what? Good point. I really the the finding factor between it is it's consent. like a suicide pack. Consent. I guess that's literally consent. That's it. Because euthanasia, I don't feel like I know this is in a different context, but like euthanasia on a pet or a person or whatever. I don't feel like that implies consent, but assisted suicide definitely implies consent. Because even if somebody like is too weak to shoot a gun, they're trying to shoot themselves in the head and they can't, and you help them do that, that's technically assisted suicide, even if you're the one no that No documentation. The... What do you mean? No documentation of the consent. True. That <laughs> like, just goes know. off of what the person yeah. is saying. See, it's all a gray area. It's all weird. Write I would us. totally write us if you have any information. So I'm going to continue. I would totally I'm have continue. something notarized. I'm so going to continue. You could help me, FYI. Okay, I'm going to continue. Why? John Wise. What? Hi. I'm going to continue reading my story because okay. it's nine o'clock at night. <laughs> it's eight twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so my first short dive is uh, John Wise watched a tear roll down his wife's face as he stood alongside her bed in intensive care unit. She was terminally, terminally ill. She'd been unable to speak after suffering a stroke and seemed to be blinking to acknowledge John. Why is uh, John, one of his friends, actually was the one that drove him to the hospital that day. So the couple had been married for 45 years and Wise told his friends that they had agreed a really long time ago that they didn't want to live out their years bedridden and disabled. Don't make me cry. So after a week, Ugh. or so, sorry. So a week after 
John's wife had her stroke. Investigators say her husband fired a single round into her head. She died the next day. Prosecutors charged the old man with aggravated murder. And police actually said that they suspected that it was a mercy killing. 66 isn't that old. No. That's so sad. See? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, no, man. They were married for 45 years. Yeah. And, like, all the research that I did on this guy, like, everybody. I read about him. Yeah. Everybody said that he was a super nice guy. Did you look at the picture of him? I know that doesn't mean anything, but, like, I don't know. He looked like somebody's grandpa. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, the quotes from that case were very sad as well. I saw that one. It was, it was. <sighs> and then, this one kind of relates to Bree's case. Uh, a, New York, a New York man was sentenced to six months in jail after suffocating his 98-year-old uh, disabled mother and then slitting his own wrist. The discovery said that he had uh, just been told he was diagnosed with cancer and that he believed he would pass away before his mom and feared no one would care for her. That's kind of the yeah. Similar, yeah. Kind of the same. I... Yes, it is normal and natural to worry about that, but to go to the extent of, like, taking somebody with you, I just feel is, like, a special kind of fucked up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. Because, I mean, there's no consent. What if they they wanted to just live it out just to see? Just to go through, through it all. Well, and they weren't ready to die, and that is somebody's choice. At the minimum. Mm-hmm. Consent is key in everything. Literally in everything. And in this, the last case, this one's super short, but it's still pretty much ongoing. Uh, Washington State man accused of shooting his terminally ill wife. He actually told investigators that he, like, she was begging him to kill her. Oh. He's, uh, he's free on bail right now, and prosecutors and like the DA and everybody is pretty much like weighing like what the appropriate charges or like punishment for this would be because there is a lot like no no evidence so nothing in place yet but there's a lot of talk of like there was something written in like ever like witnesses to what was written like she her the wife was saying like fucking do this like i'm fucking over okay it. here's the other thing though if they are physically able mm-hmm. to carry out that i don't think she was okay that's yeah. fair enough. I'm saying if somebody's physical, physically able to, though, then I don't really feel like that's a defense because... Yeah. But if she... Yeah. I I don't. I don't know. I emotionally connect to this case. I don't want to rot in my bed and not be able to live out my life for the rest of my years. If I get to that point, I just want to fucking die and get it over with. Yeah. I don't know. Just finish it. Is there something happy we can end this with? Do you have a joke or something? No, I have nothing Anything? Anything funny that happened at work... Anything. No. Nothing. Um, no, not really. Nothing wow. Really funny. No. It was kind of one of those blah days. I drove a lot today. We did drive a fucking I mean, we lot. left the house at 6.30 and get home till 6.30, technically. Well, you. I got home at 3.30. Yeah, it was a lot of fucking... A lot of shit to go through. I'm surprised you went down to Fresno, California and didn't see something funny. I wasn't. Yeah, I was trying to get in and out of there. No crackheads dancing on the side of the street. No, I watched a kid when I was walking into the marijuana club. Oh. Oh, 
I said it on air. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I hit a bowl on air. Oh. But also, I ain't no clown. I go to the store to pick my shit up, so I'm a boss. I'm boss. Anyways, this kid was riding his bike and I was getting out of the car and that's the we used the back door to go into this club. So everybody comes down these like three flights of stairs. Super narrow. It's super narrow. And it literally goes right onto the fucking sidewalk. So this kid was jamming out, riding on his bike. And this, like, kind of older man, he was probably like in his 50s, walked out of the fucking club onto the sidewalk. And the kid was rocking out, riding his bike. Didn't see the old man. And he was going to the club, too. Stopped. It, just in time, but, like, when he turned, he turned towards the building. And then he, like, hit the front brakes. So he, not necessarily, he didn't really smash his face into the side of the wall, but like he jumped off the bike into the wall and like bounced off the side of the wall so he didn't run over this old man. Okay. And the old man nonchalantly just walks and goes, oh, that was kind of a close one. <laughs> and laughs and then walks off and the kid's like, not really, I fucking hit the wall. <laughs> so it was, yeah, that was pretty funny. Well, I'm going to pause real quick. Hold on. Okay, I got one. Are you sure this time? Yes. You, you positive? Yeah. We're not going to do the ending all over again? God, again? It's, it's not going to be funny now. I wanted some levity. What is John Wayne Gacy's favorite burger joint? <laughs> That's going to give you levity. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Five guys! <laughs> get it? Get it? I get it. Because it kills little boys. It's funny. Oh. <laughs> all right. Okay, we got an Instagram, we got a Facebook. Our name is Booze, Bullshit, and True Crime. What else do we have? Uh, Gmail. We do have Gmail. What should they send us? The fucking send us anything, everything. Like Marquis, who I work with, if you found a dead body, fucking send me that shit. I mean, don't send me the body, but send me the story. Yeah, exactly. That stuff. Send us your response on what you think uh, appropriate punishment is for mercy killing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like Shit that. Shit like that. Do that. Respond to us, people. Do something. Our Gmail is booze, B-S, and truecrime at gmail.com, and is spelled out A-N-D. Booze, B-S, and truecrime at gmail.com. Later, motherfuckers. Bye.